0: Hey, welcome back to On the Wire, a proud member of Pitcherless Podcast Network. You can follow the pod on Twitter at On the Wire Pod, and if you're listening on a platform that does allow ratings and reviews, we would really appreciate it if you took a couple of seconds just to let us know what you think. I am Kevin Hastings. Adam is on vacation this week with his family. Best wishes to him on some, some well-deserved time off. I will not be flying solo, however. I am honored to be joined by Lou Landers, probably best known by our listeners for Lucas fantasy baseball with Lucas Beery. But Lou, first of all, thank you so much for joining me. Welcome. You have so many other things going on as well, including some exciting announcements just here in recent days. So once again, welcome. And you wanna fill everyone in on what you got going?
1: Kevin, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here. Before I talk about what I have going on around the industry, I do want to say, always enjoyed working with you. And one of my favorite podcasts and shows I've actually ever done, been a part of, was a few years back. You and I covered nearly five hours straight live on air for the MLB trade deadline day. I think you might have even been on the beach for some of it.
0: Oh, it was a blast. I I think about that every year as the trade deadline starts approaching, which will probably come up uh, more than once this evening.
1: Yes, definitely. I would agree with you. A little bit about me, not to bore everybody, but you can definitely find me on the Lucas Baseball podcast every week. And in addition to that, I'm on Sirius XM and the Armed Forces Network every Friday night. You can find me on Twitter at Landers Talks for access to all my content, including my lose locks. I've been doing that every day of the baseball season breaking down the DFS late every night, and I am excited to announce I've joined forces with the great Dr. Roto. We're launching a brand new website later this month, so uh, look out for the tweets and all the info on that.
0: Yeah, I was really excited to, to see those tweets. I'm, I'm looking forward to checking that out when it comes about. Uh, it sounds like here in a couple weeks.
1: Yeah, it should be by the end of the month for sure. All the sports, DFS, all the elite tools built by some of the best people in the industry as well. That's
0: awesome. So let's dive right in. Typically here at uh, the first segment of the show, we like to go over some news and notes and uh, there can be a lot of other things going on. We try to uh, concentrate on those that might affect our fab bids tomorrow evening. Vidal Bruhan, and, and when I first wrote up the outline, he had been sent right back down after the double header that he was called out for. Now he's recalled again. Lou, do you trust the Rays with his playing time enough to bid what it will probably take to roster him? He's not
1: going to play every day, but three to four times a week, I think, is something that we can see. And I think something of note is that he did play in the outfield earlier this week. So that's important for a couple of reasons. One, it means they're willing to find a way to get him into the lineup. Two, if he gets more starts there, could get outfield eligibility in certain formats as the season progresses. But in terms of bidding, it all depends on team needs, right? If you need a second baseman, a middle infielder, stolen bases, definitely worth an ad. going to cost you easily 50 to 60 fab, but possibly a lot more if someone in your league has the money to spend as and has the need of what Bruhan
0: can bring. Yeah, this is the type of guy that those that have been hoarding their fab dollars are, are waiting for. So, uh, typically, I I say it almost every week with somebody. This is probably one of those guys I'll have my bids in, but I don't expect to, to be rostering him come Monday morning.
1: Yeah, I don't and, think I can afford him either, man.
0: And, and leading into our next question, and what you just said about Bruhon in the outfield may have something to do with this and and one of the things that is just torturing to us as fantasy players Manuel Margot was placed on the IL on Tuesday it's just the worst for us by the rays Brett Phillips has been filling in, playing a little more than usual. He'd been getting quite a, a bit of playing time anyway. Are the 11 stolen bases enough to warrant consideration? Probably not in 12 teamers, but in 15. 15- it all
1: depends on the severity of the Margot injury. And typically, I'm on top of all of these things, but I actually missed the injury. Do you know what the injury is?
0: I believe it was, I want to say a hamstring, unfortunately. We've seen so many of those this season, that's automatically my fallback.
1: Yeah, no, it's more so, I'm thinking about it, sorry to put you on the ball with it, but it's... One of those things where you see a lot of IL placements right now because the all-star break's coming up, so you don't really f- worry about it, and he may not miss any time. If he does miss extended period of time, let's say if it is a hammy, you never know with those. But yeah, stolen bases are certainly something worth considering, but Phillips does not have much of a bat.
0: He's in there because of his defense. I agree. Maybe if you were really could, can gain a lot with a couple extra stolen bases, but definitely not putting him in the lineup every week. I would agree. A bit of a surprise. Eloy Jimenez began his rehab assignment sooner than we expected. He was dropped in some places in TGFBI. He's only rostered on 81% of teams. So nearly a fifth of the leagues he's available. He's available in uh, my league. Oh, that's perfect. Then how high are you going to go? First of all, just in general with
1: Eloy, it's really crazy. Obviously, Beyond the impact it's going to have for the White Sox because we know they're in first place trade deadline coming up getting him back is basically like making a big trade but from the bidding perspective it depends uh, just depends how much fab you have left I mean, like many owners out there I've been riddled with so many injuries across all my leagues Kevin that my budgets are well below the 50% of what I started with. So with that being said, you got to bid as much as you can on Eloy, though. He's better than any player that's going to be available now and throughout the rest of the season. I'm going to draw up 30 to 40% of my initial budget. It's what I have left, and if I get him, amazing. If I don't, someone else is getting a real present here.
0: Probably the better question, Lou, how much fab are you comfortable with playing out the rest of the season with? Because that's what we're asking with a guy like Eloy. It will we'll dump as much as we can comfortably think we can make it through the rest of the season with the remainder. How much do you think you need for the 12 or so fab periods remaining?
1: If we're talking NFBC, and I think we should be in this situation, I would want at least 45 to 50 left because there could be another injury. There could be a fringe closer that comes up, something. I wouldn't want to limit myself to $10, $12. I also don't have weaknesses in the outfield. So for me personally, right. my issue has been all my pitchers got hurt before the season even started. And since then, I've been trying to make it up. So I'm not the type of person that needs Eloy. I'm going to put in a nice bid for him because I don't want him to – go to anyone else, but I need to leave myself with enough. I would want at least 40 to 50.
0: Yeah, I'm with you there. It's it's crazy with all of the injuries we've had this season and early in the season, I think many people were still spending their fab like we were able to last season when it was much shorter. There's so many teams in my league that that are already down below 20% of their budgets for the season. We may be surprised. We may get him for a little less than it would normally take.
1: Yeah, it's all league dependent, too. We do so many of these podcasts. I do the waiver wire every week with Lucas, and it's so league dependent. It's so hard to really give your opinion on it because if one's league is different, there's people in my league with over 650 fab dollars left, and I'm at like 300 something. In another league, you might be up there amongst the most. And if you really want Eloy, you bid as much as the second best person has for someone. It's like the price is right. If someone has 500, bid 501.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I I named a couple of pitchers here, and and there's so many uh, around all of Major League Baseball. But Joe Ross, after having a really nice month, hit the IL. Like you said, with the break coming up, we don't know how long they'll be out after the All-Star break is over. Carlos Martinez, I believe he actually was transferred to the 60-day IL, however. Any replacements in Washington, St. Louis, other places around the league you're interested
1: Not really. With Carlos Martinez, he's been dreadful as it is. The car's rotation behind Wainwright has been just as bad since Flaherty hit the shelf, so no one on the car staff I have any interest in adding. And with Joe Ross, I'm hoping because i am an owner of joe ross it's not a long il stint but he's been more than serviceable obviously at this point you mentioned the good month it looks like eric fetty taking his spawn in the rotation and i have zero interest in eric fetty past two starts eight in the third 11 earned runs no thank you
0: yeah that was the first name i saw and i went and took a look and had the same reaction in oakland we had Jacob Wilson called up, who was having a really nice season at AAA and replacing Chad Pender, who was sent to the. I don't think he went to the I.L. I think he might have just been sent down. Any interest in Jacob Wilson here?
1: Not really. He's 30 years old, hasn't made an impact at the big league level at that age. Drafted almost 10 years ago, now making his debut, mainly a third baseman in his career. Obviously, that spot is firmly With Matt Chapman in Oakland, has played all over the field, though, uh, which is probably why he's the replacement for Pinder. I think it's his versatility that really got him the call to the big leagues. You're right about the numbers in the minors. They've been pretty solid. I just don't think he sees nearly enough at bats to make any sort of impact, especially with Mark Hanna expected back right after the All-Star break.
0: Yeah, and it's been disappointing. I know he wasn't in the lineup last night, and I don't see him in there today yet either. He got the call up, but he hasn't gotten any playing time yet.
1: Yeah, I think it's really about having a guy that can play everywhere. I believe he's played everywhere but catcher and pitcher this year, which is pretty much Chad Pinder. So it's a perfect replacement.
0: In Atlanta, this was surprising to a lot of people. Jonathan LaCroix's contract was purchased from Gwinnett while William Contreras was optioned to the Stripers. In two catcher leagues, almost everybody is viable. Uh, Are you placing bids on
1: LeCroy? If I own Travis Darnot at one point before the injury, and I currently have Contreras, I'm definitely placing a bid probably in the $2 to $7 range. This week, I'm not going to spend a lot because he hasn't really been effective, Roy since 2016. Uh, So to expect much impact, I think, would be foolish. I do know he got on base today, scored a run in the Braves-Marlins game, but I don't see him doing much with the bat.
0: Yeah, it's just these guys, that's almost... It's almost like being in a mono league when it comes to catchers in 15 team 2 catcher leagues. So he probably, like you said, worth a, a small bid, especially if you had been, uh, if you had drafted Darno and then were riding with Contreras.
1: Yeah. That um, would be the, the perfect, t- um, person to grab if you're in that situation and many people
0: are. Right. Oh, he's available. <laughs> he's the first one you can look at. Yeah. Um, out in Los Angeles, Anthony Rendon, strained hamstring. As I said, we've seen so many of those this season. The, the timing is that he might be eligible right after the break. But with these hammies, we don't know. If it does turn out to be serious, are you interested in any of the angels in the infield?
1: Kevin, personally, I prefer angels in the outfield. A
0: very That's good movie. For you On purpose. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but in all seriousness, no, I don't really want anything to do with the guys who would place rendon unless i'm in a 20 team league and there's just nothing else on the wire at this point it's really shohei otani and the odd player contributing with the angels and also i'm just glad i have no rendon shares because ever since he got that big contract he's just been a complete mess just made of glass
0: and and it's been brutal I, i i do have him rostered in a couple of spots and it's at least now they finally put him on the il previously it's just been he's been day-to-day missing two or three four days at a time all season long it's been horrible
1: yeah it's definitely been a tough pill to swallow and just imagine how good the angels could be if they trout was not missing all this time and rendon was healthy all year that lineup would be very scary with walsh in there too
0: yeah and tony might have 42 home runs now with them behind him and 120 eyes <laughs> yeah exactly That'll wrap up our our news section of the pod. As I mentioned earlier, we try to keep it focused on news that might affect your FAB considerations this Sunday. If we left someone out or some other important items worth knowing, just check those news and notes by listening to the Daily First Pitch Podcast. Excuse me, hosted by Nick Pollock during the week here on the Pitcher List Podcast Network and Alex Fass on the weekends. 15 minutes each morning. It's nice to catch up on what happened the day before lou we usually do a focused topic and for the last three to four weeks it's it's been similar and and i'm keeping it there since we have you with us tonight because you are the perfect person to ask about this as much as you do especially with football coming up with it starting we have holidays we have the all-star break we've been talking about this recently about staying focused, but not only how do we do that and stay focused ourselves, are there anything we can do other than staying focused ourselves that help us take advantage to those that start
1: not paying attention? I can only speak from experience, staying focused, something that really you and only you as a person can control, either you do it or you don't. But from a taking advantage of others who lose the focus standpoint, For one, there's probably going to be less people bidding on players as the season goes along because of that. So those people and owners who have checked out won't be in on those players as much. Also, in those Roto Leagues especially, you're going to want to check who's faded out a little bit, who's not making as many moves, who might have dead spots in their lineup. Look at where they are in the standings. Are there categories that you can make moves to help you pick up those points in those specific categories because there's still a lot of baseball left and a ton of room to move up in particular categories not the ratios as much but runs steals, saves etc as people you're chasing aren't putting forth their best effort and you are you're going to make some ground up
0: yeah and we had father's day three or four weeks ago and then of course fourth of july last weekend we've been talking about this quite i had five players in my tgfbi that that i wanted last weekend and four of the five who I I thought would be popular with others as well. I was unopposed in my bidding. So it is happening. People just didn't put in bids on the, the, and there were far less winning bids last week than there has been in any other week of the season. People took the weekend off or forgot. And now with the all-star break, I think a lot of fantasy players Think of this as their break as well, but we can't forget, even though they're not playing until Friday, other than Boston and New York, we have to do our bids tomorrow still.
1: Yeah, we sure do. And there's a lot of good options.
0: Yeah, but maybe more of the more expensive options than we've seen in several weeks.
1: Yes, there's, we've already talked about a few of them for sure. And I know we have a bunch more as well.
0: Yeah, let's get to that. Let's just skip right to we usually go through by not each category, but in in general, if we're looking for power for the three-day week this coming week for most teams or uh, even looking forward beyond that coming out of the break, who do you like?
1: Rowdy Telez was quiet earlier this week by the Brewers from the Blue Jays and wasn't seeing nearly enough at-bats in Toronto with such a crowded lineup they have there, but the Brewers... They've struggled a time to score runs, and the hope now is he's going to see regular playing time. He's flashed big-time power in the past, and there's a real opportunity, I think, for him to have a big second half in the home run and RBI department there in Milwaukee.
0: Yeah, I like Telez quite a bit. It was obvious with Springer coming back and, and the Blue Jays getting healthier in general that he he just wasn't going to get the at-bats there any longer. If he does get steady at-bats in Milwaukee, we might see what people were hoping for coming into the season out of him.
1: Yeah, he'll definitely run into some, no doubt.
0: (laughs) Exactly. I was looking at Patrick Wisdom. He was a popular guy. Of course, when you hit 47 home runs in your first six games, you're (laughs) going to be popular. (laughs) He didn't keep that up, but this is one of those guys. we We mentioned it earlier. The trade deadline is approaching. The Cubs look to be sellers for, by all accounts that, that we hear out there. If they trade specifically Chris Bryant, among others, and Patrick Wisdom has been readjusted, made his adjustments to the adjustment. He's not on the power spree we saw the his first week, but he is playing better lately again. And I think he may run into an everyday job here by the end of July.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. Chris Bryant certainly could be on the move, and although he hasn't had a good season, the guy that could help a number of potential playoff teams is Jock Peterson, and that could also open up a spot in the outfield for Wisdom. Very cool.
0: How about if we're looking for speed, whether it be stolen bases or somebody at the top of the lineup scoring some runs? Nico Goodrum
1: uh, was activated off the injured list in the middle of the week, dropped in a number of places because he doesn't play every day, and then, of course, got injured. And Might not be a big difference maker per se, but he's going to find at bats because he can play all over the field and he can definitely help in the stolen base department. 12 stolen bases on the year, a career high for him. And he's done it in just 62 games played. So this is a guy that will find his at bats,
0: will play all over the field and can swipe you some. Yeah, I like that call as well. I'm looking, I drafted Elvis Andrews on many of my teams and he was horrendous to start the season. But over the past month, he's done exactly what I was hoping he would do all season. He's hit 290 over the last 30 days, two home runs, four stolen bases, double digit RBI, double digit runs scored. He, he's on pace for a double digit home run, 20 to 25 stolen base season over the past month 75 rbi 90 run score that's what i was drafted him to do i dropped him everywhere he's only six percent owned on yahoo right now and so he's available in a ton of leagues even 15 teamers what do you think about andrews keeping this up throughout the, the one thing i would be concerned about
1: is if the a's decide to try and upgrade at that position and he loses his playing time but andrews has always been a guy that's been able to hit 265, 275 range. And so they use some bags. And I think if you can get a 270 average with three, four steals a month moving forward, you'd be pretty happy.
0: Yeah, I think I'm going to try to reacquire him in some of those leagues where I did drop him. And I have in a spot or two over the past couple of weeks. I love this Knicks guy that, that you have to bring up. We talked about him briefly last week. And I want to say I included him in my article that I put out on Sundays for Pitcher List, the waiver wire article. But the notes you have on this Knicks guy, the the best part is all the positions you have listed.
1: Yeah, Jace Peterson. And it's funny because Lucas and I have debated using him on the waiver wire for four or five different shows. He's never actually made it because we never (laughs) believe he's going to actually keep it up. And we don't want to recommend him. Or even keep playing. Yeah, but first base, second base, third base, outfield helps in terms of positional eligibility for sure. And I don't think he's going to maintain his pace. Clearly, I made that clear, but he's been very useful since the start of June on base percentage, 413, four stolen bases, 290 or so average, 16 RBIs, 18 runs. Again, the only thing to keep in mind is 575 career games. He's a career 230 hitter. So I don't think all of a sudden he's just figured it out. But while he's playing well, I would use him, pick him up if, especially in your daily leagues, if you can move guys around and you need, you can always set a different lineup every day. This is a perfect utility type guy to have.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. Coming out of the break, there are some teams that have that first full week, a five-game week, so that's a great point about the daily leagues and having some flexibility and and some guys to move around. It's they haven't reached Houston Astros status. For me, as far as anybody in that lineup, I want them. But the Brewers have been putting up runs recently, and anybody that's playing close to every day is worth taking a look at in my mind.
1: That's exactly it. And until he stops producing, I would ride the hot hand. He's proven it now over about six weeks. So I'll I'll take that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Let's shift gears to pitching a little bit here, Lou. We typically look at guys for matchups and lots of times when we're talking matchups we're talking two starts excuse me or some guys with just even one nice single matchup but coming out of the break most teams are going to start at the top of their rotation so for this first coming week there's not going to be a lot of guys available but any anybody you have an eye on that might be available at least in 12-team leagues that we could get in our lineups next weekend?
1: Yeah, so again, they could mix and match in this rotation and change things up. As of now, Vladimir Gutierrez of the Reds is scheduled to pitch against the Milwaukee Brewers when play resumes next weekend. Serviceable over the past couple of months, but against the Brewers who he would be playing against, he's had two excellent starts, came away with wins in both of them, seven innings in one, six in another, and two earned runs in each of those starts, striking at a batter per inning. If you're looking for a streamer, that's exactly what you're looking for.
0: Yeah, I think one guy that has been really disappointing this season, especially to me as a Royals fan, Brad Keller, but he looked so much better yesterday. And he's one of these guys that... he. He's always been about spin rates and he's a seam shifted weight guy. So the whole adjustment to no sticky stuff, because after his horrible start, he was pitching well again and then he fell off again and now he's got a, a, a good start. Finally, I'm wondering if there was an adjustment period there with the substances he's using and hopefully... Maybe he can look like he did last night throughout the rest of the season. Yeah,
1: he's a guy that I was interested in later round this year. Uh, didn't get as many shares as I wanted to, but I guess I lucked out in that department. So
0: yeah, the the next guy you have listed, Lou. This is somebody that Adam and I talked about extensively over the past two weeks, and the reason we talked about him last week is because he hadn't pitched yet when we were recording for the entire week that we were excited to pick him up for the week prior. But tell us what you like about, about Colin Q. He's clearly found a home in the Rays' bullpen,
1: whether it's the odd start as the opener, but he's been deployed in multiple different situations, and usually for multiple innings, which is clearly the Rays' way. They do things differently, and they do it very well. 53 strikeouts and 35 and two-thirds. Incredible K per nine there sparkling 177 ERA, 0.92 whip, and hasn't allowed an earned run since May 24th. That's 10 or 11 straight scoreless outings. So right now, if you're looking for a guy to help your ratios, help your strikeouts, whether you're in daily, weekly, matchup, roto, whatever it is, this guy is going to keep those ratios down and get those strikeouts up.
0: Yeah, it's been amazing. It, as I said last week, this is the role he thrives in. Right. This is he's he's been in this position before and been amazing. And we and then we get excited when they start stretching him out and we think we're going to have this great starter that has never worked out. But he's doing exactly what he did in Houston when he was at, at the peak. And like you said, that ERA, that's come down since we talked about him last week. I think he was at 205 ERA and it's even come down even further. After his appearances this week, Tampa has ten straight games coming out of the, without a day off. They play ten straight days. So, if we could see him at least three times, and as many times as he's pitching, not just multiple innings, but three innings, you're looking at you're looking at a starter there. If he gets two, three inning appearances in a week for you,
1: absolutely. And again, he could open. He could come in. After the opener and be qualified for a win, you come in the fifth and the sixth, but the strikeouts are what's really impressive to me because at some point you got to figure someone will tag him for a homer or he'll come in with a tough situation and maybe give up a hit or a walk or whatever it might be. And Although the runs might not be earned, the whip will go up, whatever it might be, the ratios might not stay this spectacular, but the strikeouts are really what I'm enjoying.
0: Yeah. One other guy I want to keep an eye on here. He just came back off the IL. I, I had him rostered in my holds leagues earlier in the season, but he's been on the aisle for quite a while. And that's uh Wendelkin in Oakland. I want to keep an eye out and see what his usage is going to be. Probably not someone I'm adding yet, but someone I want to keep an eye on.
1: Always got to have those watch list players, man.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. The, the, My least favorite subject, Lou, uh, just because of and we knew it coming into the season, but it's been even worse than many of us already thought it was going to be. But we got to talk about it, especially with the trade deadline coming up. This is where the. We're doing our most speculating. Anybody we're keeping an eye on for saves.
1: I'm not keeping my eye on him. I'm going to try and grab him this week. It's Ranger Suarez in Philadelphia. It's- Their Closer situation has just been an issue all year. Naris failed. Bradley failed. Alvarado failed. Ranger Suarez getting his chance now recorded to save two outings ago. Clean inning, which seems that from a closer but in philadelphia a clean inning in the ninth is a pretty big deal right now All the season he's been very good too: 31 strikeouts in 32 innings 0.83 era 0.70 whip and it's all about trust when it comes to managers in the bullpen and right now this is the guy joe girardi trusts the most so rangers juarez i don't know if he's gonna i think the phillies were beating the red sox last i checked with my luck he'll blow a save tonight <laughs> a, after i say all this but so far so good for him.
0: Yeah, they do still have a 3-2 lead. They are in the top of the 8th. It appears we will we will see how that turns out. And that's the thing. Recording this as as late as we can on Saturday with with the game m- most of the games of the week going on. So much can change later Saturday evening and even Sunday. Just one thing changes when we're looking at these bullpen situations. And not only for the team, but it really can affect our bids. If we're setting our fab plan up throughout the week and then just adjusting things on Sunday evening, we really got to pay attention to what happened with these bullpens to, to adjust those fab amounts more than any other situation, I think.
1: Definitely. And with Rangers Suarez, I just have this vision as you were speaking and having to come in in the ninth against Martinez, Bogart's endeavors. And it just spells disaster to me. I don't care who you
0: are. <laughs> yes, it's it's rough. I don't know. I the closers that we expect to be traded, the Ian Kennedy's Rodriguez and Pittsburgh, maybe Iglesias from the Angels, depending on how they perform the next couple of weeks.
1: Maybe a role uh, Chapman with the way the Yankees.
0: are. I was worried about. Chapman's velocity about a month ago. The velocity's been back. Of course, he's still not been good. But I, before his injury, I picked Zach Britton a month ago in the league that the one league I had Chapman in. I was worried about him back then. It appears to me you're the Yankee fan. We might be looking more along the lines of Chad Green in New York if Chapman would be moved. Or
1: Jonathan Lelight.
0: Yeah. That's a
1: guy to keep your eye on, too. Jonathan Lelight.
0: Very nice. Yeah, I, I just, there's nobody in Pittsburgh that really interests me. I, I really think it would be Myers in, in, in L.A. if Iglesias has moved. He didn't start the season as well as he had performed last year when he had the role. But as of late, he has performed much better. He's probably the one I'm most comfortable with if I'm speculating on uh, a closer being traded away.
1: Yeah, and the most fun is when you do the wait and see approach and a guy gets a save after the deadline and then he goes for 75 fab and then doesn't get another opportunity.
0: It's going to happen. It's going to yeah. happen somewhere. Oh, you can court. bet on it. Oh, yes. The, this portion of our fab, this, the, the entire closer aspect, has driven me crazy. I really tried to spend higher draft picks, and more auction dollars on closers this season than I have in the past. And I, I mentioned I do have Chapman on a team. Hasn't been great lately, but it's been okay for the season. My I have one uh, hater team. That's been great. But I had so many teams where Trevor Rosenthal was my guy. Thinking he was gonna be the guy in Oakland. And so not only did I didn't end up not having the security, I still spent the extra for it, but didn't get it.
1: <laughs> I can't even tell you how many teams I had at one point with Caesar Valdez in Baltimore, Lou Trevino, Rafael Dolis, Julian Merriweather, like just all like the random dudes that were starting to get saves. I spent so much on them because I had Rosenthal like you. And the guy I know we're going to talk about at some point, Nick Anderson, he was probably my most heavily drafted player throughout the off season. Yep,
0: yeah, it, It's made it really tough. And I haven't spent on those guys that, that especially the blue Jays, I don't think I ended up with any of their closers for any period of time. I had actually drafted Dolice in late rounds in one league and dropped him before he got the job. So, it's, it's just been so frustrating. Let's stop talking about closers. It's, it's irritating every time the subject comes up. We do have to talk about it a little bit though, however. You have a wild card guy, somebody you think is worth speculating on here that hasn't performed where we thought he would be at this point in his career, but that's why he's available.
1: Yeah, that's why he's a wild card. That's Jesus Lizardo with the Oakland A's. Still just the ripe age of 23, if I'm not mistaken. Tough year for him, though, Kevin. He's been injured. He was relegated to the bullpen. He struggled in the minors. But with all that being said, young, good arm, easily could find his way back into the Oakland A's rotation in the second half. So I would think he's worth a speculative ad right now if you have that bench space because you can get him for practically nothing. We're talking about all these guys that are going to go for a lot. You could probably sneak in a 2 or $3 fab bid on this guy this week, value being so low, but he could easily turn in a strong second-half performance.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's one of those that, that if you have the room, it, it's worth taking a shot on because it, you're getting him for free, and in draft season, he, he, he was costing quite a bit. So it's definitely worth taking a chance.
1: Yeah, obviously, NFBC styles, it's not worth it. You don't have the spots, but if you have IL spots and you have an available IL spot, pick him up and stash him there.
0: Yeah, I have been stashing for probably too long now. I, I, I did it a bit early, but I wanted to get him for absolutely nothing, and that's Chris Sale. If ever, all the reports are everything still going well, if, if we're going to get him for a couple of months even if it's out of the bullpen, I think I did it a little too early, but if he's still available in your league, he's somebody I'm looking at right adding right now as well.
1: Kevin, I have been holding on all season long since the draft in TGFBI, <laughs> Nick Anderson, Carlos Carrasco, and Noah Syndergaard. So you can imagine my pitching staff's not doing all that well.
0: Uh, same. I, my TGFBI league still has Carlos Carrasco sitting there because it, Everything keeps getting pushed back, and and I haven't been able to pull the trigger and drop him, and I, uh, in hindsight, should have a long time ago. And you mentioned Nick Anderson as another one that, that you'd be stashing right now.
1: Yeah, he's missed the entire season, obviously, but he turned in some terrific seasons prior to this year with Tampa. Should be back in August. If everything goes to plan. And I think he will take over the closer duties in Tampa. Coming into the year, although we know they use a committee at times, Anderson would have been the favorite to get the majority of the opportunities. I think that's still the situation to look for when he does return. So even if it's only 8 to 10 saves, that's a
0: lot of saves. And that can make a big difference. And there's a little misconception with the Rays because they had 11 or 12 guys, whatever it was, get at least one save last season. Typically, they do have one guy get a majority of them. They just sprinkle a lot of other guys in more often than most other teams do yes. so you're never going to have the 35 save guy but there's typically is a guy that they prefer in the role
1: and that's why i drafted nick anderson everywhere because a, a court, as as far as the elite type of arms were going in the closers role he was one of the guys that was elite and going later because he was looked at as oh he's going to be the guy but he might only get 20 opportunities so what if he converts 17 or 18 of those 20 you have an elite guy with the racials and the strikeouts, unfortunately he got hurt, but he could come back. If the rate, the Rays are playing great baseball, if they get 25 save opportunities, the rest of the way, and Anderson's back in August, he could get 15
0: of those. Exactly. I like that call a lot. And it hurts as a, as someone that has Diego Castillo in places,
1: <laughs> try and trade him, man. I would try
0: and trade him. Yeah. Yeah. In the leagues where I can do that. Absolutely. So, we typically Lou like to look a couple of weeks ahead at two start pitchers because they're much less expensive a week ahead of time everybody's looking for a two- start streamer for the upcoming week obviously we don't have any for this upcoming week it also makes looking ahead two weeks a little more difficult I can I can guess that most teams are gonna start at the stop at the top of their rotation. On Friday, Thursday for New York and Boston. But depending on which guys may throw an inning or two in the All-Star game, what they have going on over the break, who goes where on vacation, we're not 100% sure. I did look ahead at the schedule and just look at a couple of number four starters whose matchups I like the first full week of the second half. I have David Price, Cole Irvin who is nearly universally rostered in 15 team leagues, but he's only 40 46% on Yahoo. And Josh Yeah, Fleming. but I, you Yahoo
1: is Yahoo. Cole Irvin is one of those guys that I think if you're playing in any 15 team league, he's pretty much universally owned as you mentioned. Yeah, he's um,
0: available in one TGFBI league, but it's not mine.
1: <laughs> yeah, he might might be mine. I doubt it, though. He's had some nice starts. He's been a good guy to stream. I have two daily leagues right, with people because personally I don't like them. I have too many leagues to worry about making the daily moves. But I've used him in those leagues, and more times than not, he does perform well.
0: Yeah, he gets the Angels at home and then at Seattle for a possible two-start week if they start at the top of the rotation next weekend. What do you think of David Price? Is he going to be built up enough to get enough innings if he does indeed face the Giants at home? And then my favorite matchup in all of baseball, he would get the Rockies on the road for a second start that week.
1: I wouldn't love that Giants start. One, I think Price is probably still working his way up to even going four innings in an outing. But the Giants are just tearing the cover off the baseball, leading the league at homers, just crushing average pitching and at this point price is an average pitcher to me the rockies on the road on the other hand maybe he has built up after that next outing versus the giants it's a good matchup um if you're really desperate for strikeouts and wins i think i would take a shot on price otherwise it's a hard pass for me because i just don't trust him to go deep enough
0: yeah it's gonna be really hard to know how long they'll let him go uh especially being the Dodgers, although someone did point out they don't have the depth right now that they have had in the past to to limit guys not only on innings, but doing the phantom IL stints and uh, skipping starts and having a bullpen day and giving everybody five days rest. They may not have that luxury. this.
1: No, with the Bauer situation, with May going down, Kershaw on the injured list now, although I think that is a phantom. I understand. I, yeah, Kershaw. I think that's an
0: all-star break thing. Yeah, yeah. That
1: def- definitely seems like a Dodger thing to do and a Kershaw thing to do. One guy I should have brought up as a wild card, just really good young pitcher in the Dodgers organization. I could turn to him at some point if it doesn't seem like they're getting Bauer back, if Kershaw is hurt, if Gonsolin, who they're still trying to work up his arm strength, if Price has not pan out, there are paths to Josiah Gray getting an opportunity.
0: That I would be excited to see how he performs. I've been keeping an eye on him, as many people have for a while.
1: Yeah, I traded him away this offseason in the Dynasty League we play in together.
0: I can't remember. I had him in a league. I think it was a keeper league, and I had to just let him go because I had too many keepers. But I, I don't think I have him any longer in the place I did either. What about Josh Fleming getting the Orioles in Tampa and then a start at Cleveland, which has been... Their offense has been up and down. It gets hot there in the summer. It's not as nice of a matchup as it is early in the season, but what do you think about those matchups for fun?
1: They're pretty solid matchups if you're looking for a two-star pitcher to stream, so I could definitely get behind this one the most out of uh, the three guys we're talking about. Cleveland, yeah, they're interesting for sure. Fran Reyes is back. Bobby Bradley's been doing excellent in the power department, but overall they can easily be exploited and Baltimore can also be exploited, especially outside of Camden. Uh, yeah, I can get behind Fleming. I think, again, I'm going to beat a dead horse here, but of these three guys, Josh Fleming would be my ideal choice.
0: Yeah, and he's available in over half of TGFBI leagues, so he's available in 15 teamers out there a- as well. We had a mailbag question last week, Lou, and I want to bring it up again to you this week because it is still pertinent with the shortened season last season with all the injuries we've seen this season that may be related to that also for other reasons are are there pitchers that you think are going to be shut down or have starts skipped in the second half and if so is there anybody that that may benefit and and maybe slide into a role. where i'm looking right now i'm not sure that it was going to
1: benefit from it sliding into a role necessarily but corbin burns and freddie peralta have been two of the best pitchers in the national league this year with woodruff there in milwaukee they're a clear first place team i think they're poised to make the postseason especially if they make additions offensively but you got to look that they're on pace to pitched well past their career high in innings both these guys in Peralta and Corbin Burns and it would benefit them and the Brewers at least long term with the Brewers to skip the odd start with these guys in late July and into August because you want them at their best in September and hopefully in the postseason because if you're the Milwaukee Brewers right now if you go into the postseason winning your division and you have Woodruff Burns Peralta and Hayter at the back end you can
0: win any series. The Brewers, the team that came out and flat out told us what they were going to do. They said a hundred innings more than last season. They've already went to a six man rotation. And as you say, they could start just skipping starts even in that six man rotation a time or two because they're in a really nice spot. They have a nice lead in the central now. They're not even just looking at they're, they're not just looking at, at a wild card. They have a 6 game lead. They can afford to skip a start here and there, which is actually probably benefits us if we know at the beginning of the week when they're going to do it. That's going to be the tough part.
1: Yes, it's definitely going to be the tough part. And the beautiful part is that both of these guys are on the same team. So one week maybe you start you skip Burns. The next week, maybe you skip Peralta and vice versa. You don't have to skip them both at the same time, which could also benefit you. You probably don't own both or all three of those Brewers pitchers or else you're having a really good year probably. <laughs> but oh, yeah. they've really been spectacular and it's just not worth taking a risk of them getting hurt. You mentioned wild card. It looks to me like it's going to be one team in the East to one team in the Central. And that wild card spots are coming out of the West, it looks like right now. Unless the Giants fall flat on their face, and I don't see it happening now. I expected it in May. Not going to happen now, in my opinion. So, yeah, they do have to win that division, but they do have the healthy lead, like you said. And one thing I was talking about last uh, night on my serious show is I think because of how they're built in their rotation and with Hater, they can avoid extended losing streaks. And an extended losing streak, to me, is the only way for teams in that division to gain
0: significant ground on them. So I think they're in a really good spot. Yeah, absolutely. Six game lead as we're approaching the break here with just a game or two left. I think in general, Lou, tell me what you think about this. I think in leagues where, they're, where I may find a guy or two available or definitely in leagues where we can make trades, I'm looking to move more towards a veteran heavy team staff for this second half even if it means giving up who we better performing younger players I think the veterans are going to be turned to this season more than any other in the second half as opposed to the young guys that they're gonna have to especially the non-contending teams have to start limiting innings and non-contending teams like the awesome pitching we have in Miami those guys may just be shut down. At, on a certain date done they're done for the year
1: yeah trevor rogers should definitely be looked yeah. at as one of those guys for sure alcantara has had a few seasons where he's had a fair, pretty significant workload so i'm not as concerned about him Pablo lopez of that but yeah that i i can see that i can agree with you with the veterans i think another thing is look at the innings pitched last year there's going to be guys that threw 90 and you're not as worried about them going to 180, 185, but there's going to be guys that threw 50 and may have career highs of 75 or 80, they're not going to get pushed past that 120, 125 mark. So if they're already at 95 or 100.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And I think the Brewers are the ones that came right out and said it. I'm operating under the assumption that most teams are going to use that 100 inning more than last year rule as well.
1: We can only assume, and I think you're
0: right. Very cool. I think unless you have another player Lou that you want to bring up, I think that pretty much covers what we had planned for tonight. You have any other players you're looking at for this weekend or any parting words that you'd like to add just any type of fantasy advice in general for our listeners.
1: I don't really have anything else to add here, Kevin, other than it was a blast to uh, get back on the airwaves with you. Pleasure to be here. And I hope we were able to provide your listeners with some great insight.
0: I hope so. I hope those that are listening and, and not starting their personal all-star break a, a day or two early. And, and it's I've been saying it for weeks now because we've had so much going on. Father's Day, 4th of July. Now we got the all-star break. Don't forget to get your bids in. We've all done it a time or two in the past. I've, I saw some tweets of, of people that have done it. In recent weeks it, it happens, so this is a big reminder to not do that. If there's a player out there you're thinking about bidding on and you would like us to discuss them, let us know by emailing us at on the wire pod at gmail.com. You can shoot us a DM on Twitter at on the wire pod. You can D you can shoot me a, a message personally at hasting kevin. And we have the the Discord on Pitcher List for PL Plus members, where we have over 900 members always discussing this type of thing and anything else you can imagine about baseball and our fantasy baseball teams. Once again, Lou, thank you so much for joining us. It's been awesome because uh, we we have worked together in the past. Uh, I have missed it. And with every year when the trade deadline comes up, I think about our all-day show that we did a few years back. Can you remind the listeners of where they can find you, what you have going on?
1: Yeah, thank you for that opportunity, Kevin. You can check me out at Landers Talks on Twitter. Come talk some baseball with me. I do a bunch of football stuff as well, but baseball mainly. Lucas Baseball podcast every weekend serious XM and the armed forces network on Friday nights and soon to be the new website with Dr. Roto can't give you the website name yet because it's not <laughs> up and functional, but when we launch is
0: going to be state of the art. Come check it out. Yeah. Awesome. Once again, I'm really excited to, to see what you guys have going on there. That's going to do it for this week's on the wire. Once again, I hope Adam's having a good time on vacation and thank you to Lou for joining me so I didn't do fly solo tonight. Please make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen and leaving a rating and review is of course always appreciated. you can follow Adam at 80 grade. Give him some grief while he's on vacation if you'd like. I am at Hasting Kevin. Lou is at Lander's Talks. I'll have my article out tomorrow or actually today, as you listen to this uh, recording here on Saturday evening for our Sunday morning show, comes out each Sunday. And as we mentioned at the top of the show, proud member of the Pitcher List Podcast Network, where there are at least 20 other awesome podcasts as well. Make sure to follow at Pitcher List Pods to get updates about every new episode that drops from each of them. And uh, give them all a listen. We wish you the best of luck in your leagues and hope you win all your bids by exactly $1. Thanks once again to Lou for joining me. And as Adam would say, with that, we bid you goodbye.